0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. I'm Emily Jordan here with my husband, Andrew. And we're
1: super excited that you are joining us again today. So if you're a new listener, uh, Outposts of Heaven, the podcast is our podcast, what you're listening to right now. Uh, And our goal is to help you kind of grapple with uh, what it actually means to live the gospel of Jesus Christ in your everyday life. And so we're not experts, but we find people who have... uh, who are experts or have different points of views and we bring them on and we discuss these ideas and we, it's our prayer and our mission to kind of help you along this journey.
0: Yeah. And we're super excited to have Tessa Hotman on today. She's been on the podcast before and we absolutely loved our episode with her. I can't remember the number actually. So we'll link it in the show notes. I'll go find it. Um, but something that she talked to us about last time was shadow values. And we're just so excited to welcome her back to talk more about that. So hi, Tessa. (laughs)
2: Hi, thank you for having me again.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Um, Let's just briefly maybe talk a little bit about yourself and what you're doing currently.
2: Yeah. Um, It's actually quite different from when I last spoke to you guys. It's funny how when god is in the midst so you can plan and then it goes the other way um yeah um, i mean we just
0: sorry yeah. we just talked to you in the fall it was only like october i think that we talked to you so
2: i know i know and he's just he's just opening so many beautiful doors to like slowly move into a uh, ministry so we're currently writing a book on um a practical uh, journey of healing and like physical mentally and spiritual healing um, so really changing my heart into wanting to go into into ministry um, but obviously still having my business the vine dresser where i help people with their purpose whether it is purpose in growing their their businesses or growing personally um, so that's all still very much going but he's definitely changing my heart towards ministry a bit more and i'm just really trying to follow along and and you yeah, know just be obedient to that
0: yeah, way to go for following his counsel and his like personal revelation to you. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And it's not easy, right? Like following his, his guidance can be terrifying because he often, you know, if we expect revelation to come in like big blinding lights where you see the pathway, but usually the Lord's like, hey, I need you to take a step into the darkness. And then like, as you take a step, eventually I'll start brightening things up. So like yeah. way to be.
2: And, and it's like, you're saying, it's a step of faith every, every day. And it's sometimes I get it wrong and I need to take a step back. And sometimes I think I need to go right. And then he's like, no, no, you're supposed to go left. So it's, it's all about Um, learning to dance with God basically and just have fun while you do it.
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
2: I
0: love that.
1: Yeah. So last time we talked, we, we brought up this, or I guess you brought up this, uh, this idea that I really, really liked and that we've used a lot in our, Discussions with each other. um, And it's something that's come up in my own scripture study several times. uh, And it was this idea of shadow values. So, for our listeners who haven't yet uh, pressed pause and on this episode and opened up our first episode with you, uh, can you give a real quick explanation of of shadow values so we can dive in and and kind of set the stage for our conversation?
2: Yeah, definitely. So, we all have both good and, and I don't want to use bad, but a shadow inside of us. Like even if, if we're walking, we have a shadow part of us. Um, and these are the things that, that we maybe wouldn't admit to finding important in our lives. Um, instead of our golden values, which we always love to admit, the, the fact that we are so patient and we love to bless other people, that we're passionate about the caring for animals or children in our job, And those are all things that we like to scream off the rooftops. But then when it comes to our golden, our shadow values, sorry, these are things like attention, um, the need for belonging, the need for control. And those are things that have been stigmatized almost by society. And we start to push them away because we feel like they aren't okay to feel that we want those things. So that's the best and the shortest way to describe what um, shadow values are.
1: Awesome, and so like as we take that, um, take that brief description, we want to dive in and explore, explore this so that our listeners can leave this episode kind of having enough of an understanding of this principle to actually better their lives. So, what's the first step towards that, or being in that place? I
2: would say the first step is accepting. That we are not all golden, um, mm-hmm. especially us Christians, and and I think we need to work way more towards relationship than religion, um, and we're way more into the father's love for us to be able to do this because and I have I have experienced that a lot. I don't know about you guys, but I know some of the listeners will that. When you come to church or when you find Christ, when you haven't been a Christian all your life, you probably are are being drawn by something or pulled by something because you're struggling with something, whether it is an addiction, um, whether it is hurt, um, abuse in your family, a broken relationship. And when you come to church, you are drawn by, by the stories of the Savior, right? The unconditional love. And then you get to church, but then humans meet you. And humans have they're flawed and they meet you sometimes with judgment and condemnation and all these things that, that you shouldn't be um, because in their best way, they're trying to form you into something that is better for you, make you into a Christian so you can enjoy life. Um, and that is where already we we aren't taught in Christianity that we can accept ourselves as we are, um, and which for me is very interesting because the Bible says, you know, God wants us to come as we are. We don't have to have our mess together before we come to him. So, so the first step is, is acceptance in, in bringing ourselves to God and accepting ourselves for who we are, um, every part of our shadow and golden side.
1: Yeah. And I think, I, I think we agree on this. Um, and just kind of ex- to put my own words on what you're saying, cause I, we've had, I've had some notion of this idea in my approach to faith uh but i haven't had such a good word for it so thank you again for that wonderful word for this concept of shadow values uh and when i say accept um i mean recognize that's a part of you it doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean give in or say like this is going to rule me uh but it means like understand like this is a part of me and like i um for me it means uh let me give like a real concrete example so our listeners don't get like lost in the weeds or i don't get lost in the weeds as we're talking (laughs) about this um the desire for attention right like that is something that is inherently built into us um physically like it's just part of our physical makeup biologically we we are geared to want attention um and if we don't get it then we suffer right? Like, like physically and biologically we suffer. Uh, but we can also, um, how do I say this? Uh, and, and sometimes when we think about emulating the savior and trying to be meek and trying to like, not seek after the spotlight and trying to be humble, like the savior, um, we feel really guilty that we, also want the spotlight like we enjoy when we are able to do things well and people see our good deeds uh and so we, we feel super conflicted because we're like oh wait part of me like likes this and wants this but i know like scripture is telling me like this is not right mm-hmm. uh, and for me and you again we can disagree you can let me know but for me no, no, what no, it no. means what for me what it means is uh i i i see that um, I have this desire to do to be seen, and I have this desire mm-hmm. to be in the spotlight, have uh, receive the attention. Uh, but that doesn't mean that my soul is inherently like anti Christ. Mm-hmm. What it means is like I have a spirit that is is of God, uh, and that I'm committed to Him. But God has also given me this body that has these um, that has these tendencies. And so I don't need to feel bad because God mm-hmm. gave me this body and it has these tendencies, but it means that I can also work to overcome those tendencies when they would be anti-Christ if I fully gave into them.
2: And I love that you actually put it like this because you can already hear how much you're struggling with it, even trying to put it to words. Mm-hmm. So you literally now showing maybe 80 percent of people that are struggling with this like i am a christian i love god i want to live a christian life but i have all these needs inside of me to to belong to something to feel a sense of control to to want to get attention and there's nothing wrong with those feelings but the thing is we are have a different frame of mind or a different point of view of perception of those words and the meaning of those words because of what society has put on it. So mm-hmm. for example, when you say the word attention, um, you say, okay, being in the spotlight, being the center of attention. However, if you look at the word intention and in a different way, for example, the need to feel special, the need to feel wanted, um, then we can look at it almost from, From a Christian point again, because God put those things inside of us, because now if we desire it, we're going to go looking for it. Mm -hmm. And, and in the Bible, it says we're never going to feel fully fulfilled if we look for our needs and desires in this world. So God has put it in us not to find it in the world, but to find it in him. Because mm-hmm. um, Jesus did the same thing, he wasn't looking for attention from the crowds, he, he brought his knowledge, he brought his value. Um, and as a byproduct, he was a center of attention, but he wanted to get his attention, he wanted to get his quality time, not from the people but from, from God, right. He often went away to to actually have this connection with God to to get his full attention. And, and God is offering us at every single day. So it's just about reframing what is attention to me and and what are the different ways that I can get it. Well, even
1: looking at the life of the savior, when the savior was in the garden of Gethsemane uh, praying and suffering realizing that all the things he was about to go through in the next few days he wanted um peter james and john to like stay awake and like be with him he wanted that that company and that attention Mm -hmm. and Christ's perfect and so if christ did it if christ wanted that companionship it can't be a bad thing
2: yeah no definitely and it's the same like you're saying we are created in the image of god and if you read the Bible. There is no question about it that God demands our attention. He even says He wants us to put Him in the center of our attention. And and He um, is um, all all powerful, but still He wants our attention. He desires that relationship with us. So even if if the Almighty God desires that relationship with us, it's only normal that we desire that type of. of of relationship and wanting to be noticed from from getting it in this world, because a lot of us don't understand yet that we can fully get it by diving into, into God's love. So then what we can look at in this world, instead of disempowering ways to get these feelings, these cravings met, how can we get these cravings met by empowering ways? So Mm -hmm. your example, like you want to be in the center of attention. Okay, great. You can do a podcast where people listen to you, where they give you their full attention for 30 minutes. And in return, you can preach the gospel. You can introduce them to God. So, so my question would then be, why would that be a bad thing?
1: And I think um, it would be a bad thing in, because oh my gosh
0: i think it's like like where do you want to put the attention like are you doing this great thing for you or are you doing it for god like because or
1: or? yeah well i mean i I think maybe it could be from a let's say this like a sense of a desire to like self-aggrandize and I think it can be... This is tricky. <laughs> it can be both. But here, here's the problem. Maybe the movie, I should like put it in a slightly different situation to express what my concern is as we talk about this. And the thing that I struggle with is uh, I think about the verse in... I think it's in Luke. Hold on. All right, here we go. No, it's Matthew. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 24. says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so typically when I think about this, we think about how like there's like the desires of the natural man and there's the desires of God, right? Like the, another way that's uh, a a common story you hear, I think, especially in the U S because I believe it's a, like a native American story, like the idea of the, the man with the wolves, like the good wolf and the bad wolf. And like, do you feed the good wolf or do you feed the bad mm-hmm. wolf? Um, and I've always equated that with the same kind of idea of, are you going to serve God? or Are you going to serve the natural man, your natural inclinations?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so when, when I'm thinking about this idea of saying, okay, I'm recognizing that we have these inherent desires kind of built into our system, um, some of them being bad, I think, um, some of them being a part of the natural man, uh, we need to be aware of them and take account of them and not be mad at ourselves because they're there. uh, But also, like, in doing that, like, not say, this is good. Does that make sense? Are we on a different wavelength? I want to make sure we're like understanding each other.
2: Perfectly. No, I'm understanding you. And, and I can hear your, your struggle where, where your Christian views come in and, and where you 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 are acknowledging that you have these, these needs. And I think for everybody, it would be your personal, um, personal standpoint, your personal relationship with God, how, how far, how you can feel like you can fulfill these needs. Mm-hmm. But, The reality remains, if you don't find empowering ways to fulfill these needs, because ignoring them doesn't make them go away. Mm -hmm. So if you don't find empowering ways to fulfill these needs, you're going to find disempowering ways to fulfill these needs, even without your control. So that's the same example that people start smoking um, or even to the extremes that people uh, manifest illness in their bodies, that people hold on to an illness such as depression because they're getting a feeling met so if I then look at the father's heart for us where he wants us to have life in abundance and where he says delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart my personal belief is that God wants us to feel fulfilled and he Mm -hmm. is against us feeling um, like we're special, like we matter, um, like we get um, validation in, in a healthy sense um, when when we do a, a good job and somebody compliments us, as long as we don't make that priority higher than God, because you're absolutely right that he says in that, that he needs to be the number one priority in our lives. Um, yeah. So that is a very clear understanding that we need to have and, and like Yes, we have these desires, but they'll never be higher than my desire for a personal relationship with God and to right. follow
1: Him. I, I think I figure out what the um, where the disconnect is between what I'm saying and what you were saying is. I think um, I am. I think you're at a deeper level of analysis than I was looking at, and I, I like the level of analysis that you're operating on because what we're saying, what I was really talking about, was not necessarily needs. I was talking about temptations. Okay. Um, whereas what you're talking about is like, we have these inherent needs for attention or for, uh, fulfillment or for development or for any of these things that are not, that are largely, I don't want to say amoral, but they're like, I, they're neither good, they're bad or nor bad. They're just like in us. I guess they are good because they're put in us by God, but like they can have, um, a negative or a positive method of fulfillment, right? And so yeah. you have like, like a temptation would just be, I mean, a temptation, I guess, by any definition, if a temptation is going to have any sway or power over us, has to be uh, targeting a real need in us. And so the choice is then, okay, so I, I need to recognize that I have these inherent needs um, and then I just need to choose how I'm going to fulfill them, which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I was looking at temptations as as kind of the base level, but there's a really a deeper level that you're talking about. I like this a lot.
2: And I love that you're mentioning the word temptation though. So because from that point it makes a lot of sense. And what you're saying is actually when you get to a point where you almost feel like you cannot resist it. Um, and that is actually what happens when we push these, these values down. We pretend that they're not there because we feel like they're a bad thing. We can't have this cravings It's making me a bad Christian. And you're pushing it down and you're pushing it down. But because they are part of our biology, of our system, they're going to get so strong that at one point you're going to feel this temptation. You're going to have these temptations come to you and you're going to feel like you you're going to cave at one point or another. Um, if, if the need for belonging is so strong and can alter your biology to inhale poison just so you can belong to the smoking crowd, then you're gonna cave in. So why not instead realize and acknowledge that they're there and look for empowering ways so you can fulfill it because the more we embrace it, the less it actually has a control over us. So for example, the need for validation. If we truly embrace that we have that need for validation, we can then ask ourselves, well, what is an empowering way for me to get this need met? And um, so, for example, I I have this need for validation. So I'm going to study the word every single day for 30 minutes. And I'm going to find all the verses that tell me how amazing I am that is an empowered way of of getting your validation needs met instead of, okay, this doesn't, this doesn't matter to me. It's not important to me. And and you're going to give in to the temptation of of building your social media account because the likes feel so good. Um, So Mm -hmm. so it's like, are you going to actively find ways to, to get it met or are you subconsciously going to find ways to get it met?
1: Yeah, no, I I, I like that.
2: Yeah, I absolutely love
0: that you're talking here about like, where are you turning to get these needs met? Like turning to the world or turning to him? And that's just like really mind blowing to me. I love that.
1: Yeah, and I I like the idea, going back to this idea of temptations, of temptations really being the, um, temptations only really, having any sway over you when you are not getting your inherent God-given needs met in a beneficial, spiritual Christ-like way. Right. So if you're not getting those met, then like, that's when uh, temptations have sway. Because if, if you, if you have God with you in that part of your life, like then the, the cheap, uh, knockoff that, that the adversary can tempt you with doesn't have any sway. But if you don't have God in that part of your life, then all of a sudden, like, what Satan offers seems better than nothing.
2: Yeah, not be true. And, like, even from a personal Um, experience point of view before I was saved um, okay going way back when I didn't have parents that were at home I had a workaholic father a father and a mom who left right so from a young child I didn't get those cravings met of of needing attention as children we need to hear that we matter that we are um, loved that we are seen Um, and like you're saying it's inherent in us that's what we're born with and if we don't get that met we already have a lack so that craving is going to become stronger and stronger and i didn't know how to get it fulfilled so i tried every everything i could in the world to try and get it fulfilled leaving me broken hurt and feeling just like used goods pretty much Mm -hmm. but by understanding first of all who i am in christ and and who is really the true um um like father that loves me unconditionally that's always with me i mean talk about the max attention right Um, from that point of view and then understanding it's not bad to need attention and actually embracing okay well that is who I am and it's a very strong part of me I could then voice it so now um, I don't have to look at at these disempowering things anymore if I if I feel like I I starve for attention. I can tell my fiance, like, listen, I feel like we need to spend some quality time together. Um, or I can now look at um, speaking and doing podcasts to, to share knowledge. And and I for personally don't believe it's a bad thing that in, in return, I get people to pay attention to me. Um, and, and also in the word of God, I spend one-on-one time in prayer and I get his full attention. So those are all empowering ways for me to get attention. Whereas mm-hmm. back in the day, I used to get it in all the wrong avenues. So yeah, that's my, right. my personal experience. That's awesome.
1: So let's take this and try and give our listeners some practical tools. Okay. So let's say we have somebody, um, that is recognized that they have some temptation because we all have some temptation going on in our lives. Right. And it's, it's ever present because we're not perfect and we can't have God in our life at in every aspect of our life all the time because we're imperfect and we're going to mess up. So, uh, how would you tell somebody to, or how would you teach somebody to identify what need they have that is not being met? So let's look at like, say they have some temptation, and they recognize this is a temptation, this is bad, but I don't realize, or I don't know what uh, what inherent need of mine is not being met.
2: Hmm. Well, that's actually quite a fun exercise to do. So you can literally <laughs> ask yourself a really easy question. And um, before you do that, you have to literally drop all your judgment about yourself. So say, okay, whatever I'm going to tell myself or discover in the next um, 20 to 30 minutes um, it's okay it's part of who I am and, and now that I'm aware I can actually do something about it so when you, once you have agreement with yourself that you're going to be as honest as you can as open-minded as you can you're not going to judge yourself let you ask yourself the question when was I lost really angry so what peed me off um, so just bring yourself back to that Um, to that situation so for example you had an argument with your partner with a friend somebody cut you off in traffic whatever it is and then ask yourself what was I not getting in that moment um could be anything right um I wasn't I wasn't being shown respect um I wasn't being shown attention. Um, well, okay, that's like steps down because I'm a bit evolved. But like, what did you not get? And you're probably going to come to, oh, well, um, he didn't pay attention to me or um, he was just being rude or um, he wouldn't listen. He didn't give me the time of day, whatever. So whatever comes up for you. Um, and then you just go down again saying, okay, well, why Why does that upset you not getting attention or why does that upset you um, that somebody's being rude to you? So as you go down at one point, you'll come to a realization and it's usually kind of like a light bulb moment where Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, this is actually very aggravating for me because in that moment I had no control over the situation or in that moment I didn't feel validated. And when you get to that level, then all of a sudden it will make sense why sometimes some things really make you angry while other things don't bother you as much.
1: So would you say anger is like the primary emotion you should look for? Are there other emotions that could be good? Um, I don't know, like canaries in the coal mine.
2: Oh, well, I mean, an anger and frustration is what we show if we're not getting something right. So same mm-hmm. as a kid, if if he throw, throws a temper tantrum, is because he's not getting something. Something's not met. So that is the first indication that we are missing a feeling that we really want to feel. Um, because mm-hmm. if we would embrace all our shadow values and would get every single one of them, life would be a piece of cake. Because nothing would ever anger us again.
1: Right. And so when you say shadow values, um, you're sp- so. I, when I'm thinking about this in my mind now based off of our discussion is I'm like on this level of analysis, my mind, there's no, there's actually no golden values, no shadow values. There's just values. But as far as I understand, if I'm understanding you correctly, uh, the golden values are just those inherent values we have that Christianity or society have said are good. And the shadow values are those inherent values uh, that are that are not okay, quote unquote, for whatever reason, right? Or is there an inherent difference between shadow and gold, golden values besides what we have been taught is okay?
2: We see it, we get it from different areas, like shadow values are always a feeling, whereas golden values can come through, through our passions, a thing that we enjoy, and um, under that, we also get certain feelings from the things that we we do or enjoy doing. Um, but often we will say, oh, we, we are passionate about talking about justice or talking about um equal rights for women or talking about horses, whatever. So mm-hmm. if you would then if you would then with a coach, for example, dig into that, you would find those shadow values actually come back again. Cause why do you okay. enjoy feel talk talking about horses? oh, it makes me feel like like I know more than the other person. It makes me feel like an expert. So, so that's like the so, next level. So, is so, a- so
1: golden values are still like a level of analysis above shadow values. Yep. And so you're saying sh- shadow values are like our base values. they're
2: correct? the underlining that even make up our golden values, yes.
0: Well, I feel like I really need to do some like deep mental work. now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like who am I?
0: <laughs> well, I, I think
1: um, this if you're following this conversation, I think for most people, it's going to, this stuff's going to sound right. Like there's going to be a ring of truth to it because um, my experience is that truth and the things that feel the most true to us are things that we inherently know, but we just haven't had words or like a good theoretical structure to explain. And so for me, this like, this fits things that I've, I've recognized and I know, and I felt, um, I just haven't had a a good, um, like I haven't put it in this kind of theoretical framework before. What do you think?
0: Well, um, I, my mind keeps going back to something you said in the very beginning is that like, not, so like nobody has, how does this, it's like, nobody is completely golden value. Um, so like everybody has shadow values. And I think that's important to remember as, um, we look at other people, not to say that I'm like rejoicing that other people have like these dark shadow values or whatever, but like, um, it's good to know that like, they're not perfect, if that makes sense. And that like, we can't compare our shadow values to like their golden values and that like, we can't we're the only ones that can see and know our own feelings and what's going on in our own head and our own background. Um, and we only really see like what's on the outside of someone else's life. Um, so it's really like not fair for us to like compare like our deep quote unquote, like dark selves to like their, shining, I don't know, golden values.
1: Well, I think the difference is even more profound than that. Because it's not just like here are my it's not really like like I think one of the problems of saying shadow values that it has like it's good because it helps people understand that it's a thing that we naturally try and like hide or like Mm -hmm. like society has like taught us to like kind of step away from. But uh it also kind of like carries on that connotation forward. Mm-hmm. because in my mind as, as far as I'm understanding like there's there's no like shadow values aren't a, a bad thing whatsoever like they're just your base
0: it's hard needs. not to feel like it's a bad thing though
1: and I think that's part of the problem yeah right like it, 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 it the the problem is the going when it gets sort of like thinking of multiple layer levels of analysis and so like the shadow values are like the base level mm-hmm. right yeah. and then uh, temptations, are just like the sin is just the um the negative expression or the negative fulfillment of Mm -hmm. those of those base of those shadow values
2: yeah Um, perfectly
1: yeah and so then the golden values and then are not necessarily like you there's no reason to compare the golden values to the shadow values the golden values are just the the manifestation of the shadow values in a positive way that society has also said okay this is good these are good
2: yeah so it's like you have subconsciously found empowering ways to to get these feelings met um and and i agree with you i don't like the word shadow values i think I'll, I'm going to come up with a better name, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but you're right. It's because society has put this stigma on, on what, what we what we should or shouldn't feel. Because, for example, if we go back to the example of a child, right? As a baby, it's healthy for them to want attention. Um, we love picking them up when they want attention. And we love a girl that's twirling around in her dress and says, look at me. Am I pretty? Um, we love the girl that takes like the karaoke set and is singing away. But then they get to an age. I don't know what that age is. I don't know if we can put a number on it, <laughs> 6, 7, 12, whatever. And all of a sudden we start saying to her, oh, you're just a bit much. Uh, maybe just tone it down a bit. Oh, it's not all about you. Why do you always need to be the center of attention? So it's almost like we have accepted it to a certain point, to a certain age, where we can, can express those, those values and those feelings. But then, almost when we get to a certain age, okay, now we need to grow up and, and suppress them for the rest of our lives. So it's just That's awesome. so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But, that's interesting. But,
1: like, in, in defense, right, of, the, of that approach by society, like you can see what, what's, you can see the good intentions. Because what they're saying is, hey, like, so when you're young, you haven't really learned how to properly get those shadow values met. Uh, and at some point you do expect, okay, that there should be some uh, some more godly or more consecrated way of fulfilling these shadow values. And I think that's society just trying to do its best to convey that to, ch- to children, right? Yeah,
2: mean, that... It's like kids are born perfectly. So they are just perfectly expressing how and they're open about it right and when they're very young they're very open about what their needs are and what they want mommy i want attention mommy i want this Mm -hmm. and and that's still fine but i think you're right when kids are downloading our behavior when they're downloading behavior of their peers um they will start trying to fulfill these things, maybe in in disempowering ways, because they have seen their parents do it in disempowering ways. They've seen uh, peers do it in disempowering ways. They've seen stuff online. Um, And that's almost, I mean, it's beautiful how God works these things together, right? Because when we get born again, I know it's a bit of a jump, but to stay with me, when we Mm -hmm. get born again and we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we get a perfect spirit nature back. So we were born with a perfect nature, but kind of the world kind of messed it up. So God almost is, is allowing us a spirit nature back, which if we tune into it, will show us all these empowering ways how we can get all these feelings met. So like the Holy Spirit guides us in in what our vocation should be, um, what our part in the ministry is, because he knows us perfectly. And he knows if we follow in those footsteps, we will get all those needs met without ever having the need for disempowering ways. So he's kind of, Handing us the keys to the kingdom, he's handing us the roadmap mm-hmm. to be completely fulfilled. Um, it's just sometimes we don't know how to tune in anymore to the Holy Spirit, and and we get told by society how we should get these needs met through a new car, or through new clothing, or through a new designer bag, or, or whatever another Netflix account, whatever it is. Um, so and then you go back to the disempowering ways again. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, it's super
2: cool.
0: yeah
1: I, I think I, I might still think that um there's something to be said about um that I agree that children are born Ugh. I would I wouldn't say perfect, I would say perfectly innocent. Um like I don't believe that like we differ from like the Catholics and the belief in like the original sin and, and like we don't believe that I don't believe that like children are born inherently with sin. I mean, Children are born perfectly innocent. Um, and, but I also believe that we have to grow into accountability and we grow to like better understand ourselves and better control ourselves, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, because while I I don't think that children are naturally sinful, they, man, I haven't, I need to think about this more because mm. I, I feel like I, I'm like on the grasp of being able to say what I'm thinking, but I haven't thought about it enough to really be able to say it. I'll think about it. And then maybe we'll, we'll talk about it next time. If we yeah. if, if we <laughs> continue this conversation.
2: No, I think I'd get what you're saying. I think when we, when it comes to, and it'll be interesting to see that age, like when, when you have a a baby right when they're just basic instincts then however they they need to get those needs met is still pure because they haven't downloaded anything but but i think because i just don't believe that a baby has selfish desires yet over i need to get fed i need to sleep i need to be comforted um but when the brain starts developing I, i do believe that you have a point there that um through generational curses um coming through, I mean the Bible says it comes through through the fourth generation. So we are burdened with certain things coming from from previous generations, and that does come through in our DNA. Um it can be that's a whole nother conversation that we have also authority and control over our DNA and our genes, but you're right, it does come through if we don't actively do something about it. So you do have a very valid point there.
1: Yeah. That's oh, very interesting. I, I love this topic. I, th- I think there's a lot to be learned from this because I, I think, um, a, a lot of pain and suffering can, you know, we've been talking about this from kind of a really cool esoteric philosophical yeah. perspective and we've brought it down to earth a couple of times, but I think we're really is meaningful and I think it can make a difference in our lives. And this line of reasoning has made a difference in my personal life is, uh, is a, a better, or being able to more fully love ourselves mm. uh, and not being ashamed and not feeling like, oh, I have these things, so I must be less than. Mm. Um, because if we incorrectly diagnose the reasons that we're having certain feelings or the reason that we were experiencing certain temptations, uh, if we say, oh, if I'm being tempted for say attention or I want fulfillment or whatever the, the value is, right? If, if I'm being tempted, uh, it must mean that I am just a bad person or I must, I must be inherently flawed. And In some ways we are flawed, right? But uh, I must be like a bad egg and I must be doing something wrong because we're also taught in scripture that we can change and we can repent and we can improve. And if you just find yourself constantly being tempted by this, the same thing over and over and over again, uh, as you're trying to come closer to Christ, um, you can feel that, oh, it's, I'm just bad. Like I'm not doing this right. But if you understand that, Hey, like, there are these needs and it's not just an acceptance of like, oh, there are these needs. So I'm going to have to deal with this temptation, but, oh, there's this need I have that's not being met. And so now I need to turn to God, um, and maybe turn to, turn to the church and turn to my spouse and, and fulfill these needs in a, spiritually positive way or in a golden way
2: yeah
1: um then you can be happy
2: yeah yeah sorry go ahead emily
0: oh just that i mean i'm just really excited that we talked about this because i feel like i need to do some of my own like mental work here and spiritual work in maybe through like journaling or something and really get it out on paper and kind of analyze What, what are my needs? What are my shadow values? And what are, in what ways am I turning to the world for that fulfillment? And what ways am I turning to God for that? Um, I think I just really need to analyze myself better. And I think that that would be like a good assignment for our listeners to do too. Okay. So you have one more question for Tessa.
1: Yes, Tessa. So my my last question would be, um, do you feel like there are a, concrete number of shadow values i I would use the word like base value or core value or fundamental values or needs i'd probably say fundamental needs is how i would use it or how i would describe it uh but do you feel like there are a concrete number of shadow values that exist for all people um and do you feel like you have them mapped out or do you feel like they or they differ for for different people? I mean, they probably differ in intensity for different people, but.
2: Yeah, well, you're right in two aspects that they they differ in intensity. Like the example I was giving um, is why my need for attention is so high because I didn't get it as a child. So often um, what we lack in our childhood is what comes back very strongly as our core values. I like that word. I'm going to go with it for now. Um, So you usually have a top three that is very strong. And um, what Emily is saying about the not not kind of judging people, you can't compare your values. I think it actually is a beautiful opportunity to realize how connected we are, because yes, mm-hmm. there is a number of, of values. There is seven mm-hmm. of them that are, are categorized um, and we all have them, all seven. So mm-hmm. it's beautiful to understand that we all have them in certain levels. Um, uh, we Some people might have an incre- increased need for control. Other people might have an increased need for attention, validation. Um, I'll, I'll list them, and I'm sure we can put it in the in the show notes. Um, the one yeah, thing that, that is really important before I mention them is that we all have a different meaning for words. And like you were saying, mm-hmm. when we say the word attention, it might have a not so great meaning for some people like you were saying like attention seeker like some people use that word so when I say these also think about what is the right word for me like I was giving examples for attention like feeling special or feeling like you matter and those can be so everyone has their own words for it and I'm going to try and list them out all seven so if i don't get to it i'm gonna have to maybe look aside but um so we have attention like i mentioned then there is a need for authority um the need for belonging control rebelliousness validation i one short uh, i always try and do them alphabetically uh, <laughs> Attention, authority, belonging, control, superiority—is the one I missed. So those are the seven, seven ones, and I'm sure we will, um, we'll put it down maybe in the notes because we'll be useful. Like we can look at, like.
1: So, um, so I, I said, I said one more question. I <laughs> lied. I have more questions. Um, so it sounds to me like several of those sound very, very similar, and so I'm assuming there's some nuance difference, and I love nuance. So. Uh, real quick so uh, like um, oh my gosh belonging and validation
2: yeah
1: those sound very similar to me like I could say that a, a sense of belonging really comes down to a deeper desire of validation or I guess yeah or vice versa it depends they, they sound like they could be the same thing
2: mm. or
1: rooted in each other
2: i I guess at the end of the day they all stem from the same thing and honestly i believe it just all comes from wanting to be loved And, Mm -hmm. and that's what god says you know like the great commandment is love each other and love each other like i have loved you and i think if we do that perfectly like he has loved us all these things will be fulfilled um but for example where where there is belonging, there could also be a sense of just not wanting to be alone. Maybe that particular person is is not so much looking for validation, because they have a a very strong sense of self-worth, they're very comfortable with themselves, they know who they are in Christ, but still, the idea of being alone might terrify them. um, And they really just feel like they need connection. So that could also be another word. Um, Mm -hmm. So so those, those do differ a bit, but like you're saying, in the end they all have some sort of overlap.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I I couldn't imagine a scheme where you could break down these core values in a way that there wouldn't be Mm -hmm. overlap and intermingling and being rooted in each other.
2: Yeah.
1: We have a baby waking up. So we apologize. (laughs)
2: i can't hear it so you're good
1: okay all right well anything else you want to say about this i mean there's so much obviously i feel like this is uh, uh the more we dive into it the more i realize okay there's so many levels of uh that we can approach this on
2: yeah i think the last thing i want to say is come from it the way that god approaches us and that's just with complete grace Um, knowing that that we're not perfect he's not expecting us to be perfect he wants us to come to him just as we are because he created us just as we are and and with that uniqueness we serve our purpose so don't try and change who you are rather accept it and and find the most empowering way to to get your desires met um by just just like pressing deeper into him
1: that's awesome
0: excellent takeaway hun Well, my take, my takeaway is kind of what I already said about, um, doing some self-analysis. I just really want to, uh, work on myself a little bit better and understand, uh, what my core needs and values are.
1: Yeah. I I think my biggest takeaway is just this idea of, uh, checking your level of analysis. Uh, and instead of thinking, oh, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Like we've talked about attention so much. I'm just going to keep talking about attention. Um, (laughs) Uh, just cause I think it, it is one that's common to all people and it's kind of readily there. Um, so when you are, if you feel like you're struggling with attention and you feel like there's a negative connotation to that word, uh, take a step back and think, okay, what are, what am I actually trying to get here? Mm-hmm. And I, I think for a lot of us, it's going, we're going to need to just replace the word mm-hmm. and start using a word that has, a, um, uh, a connotation that doesn't make us feel guilty. Like if in a perfect world we would just be able to remove guilt from words, but that's not going to happen. So instead of think of attention, think of uh, validation or or belonging. Like, you know the shadow values that you, you we were just talking about. Um, and so looking for um, looking for ways to remove guilt and uh, and analyze the the issue at hand that's probably my biggest takeaway well tessa if our listeners want to follow you and get more access to your great content where can they find you
2: and um, they can always look on my website which is the vine dresser but you guys can also just put in the show notes and cut this whole thing out i would not be i would not be upset with you um so the vine the dresser nz um so yeah come look me up follow me send me a message
1: Thank you so much, Tessa. Sorry again. We for everybody who's trying to get all the information, we are going to write it in the show notes. We had a baby wake up and wants to be fed right this second, and there's only so much you can do to control that.
2: That's all good, guys. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you, Tessa. All right, we guys, we love you.
2: Keep the faith.